Hello and welcome to the Data for Subscriptions podcast, where we focus on the data and specifically data for subscriptions and as a service businesses. I'm your host, Birad Bonian, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Stephen Haitley, Head of Product Marketing at Digital Route. Welcome. Thank you very much. Great to be here, Birad. So let's concentrate on one of the industries specifically for now, then, and that's media and entertainment. And before we dig into the specifics of that industry, challenges, some of the learnings and opportunities, why don't you kind of set the landscape of what kind of modalities and delivery modes do we see? Yeah, sure. You know, when, when you talk about video on demand, you know, some people have got, you know, they instantly jump to, you know, you know it, the big one, you know, Netflix, uh, mainly because Netflix has been in the news quite recently as well. But we, you know, we automatically think of, of, of Netflix. Now, Netflix are specifically the subscription video on demand. You know, that's the category that they sit within. But there are two other categories which also fit into video on demand. You've got transactional video on demand and you've got ad-based video on demand, which has started to hit the news even more, even more so now, again, on the back of the Netflix discussion. So, yeah, I mean, so there's so there's three modes of, of operation, really, that need to be considered when you're looking at this, you know, this type of mode of operation. And can you explain the difference? And if we start with the the subscription base, which is what you refer to as what Netflix is doing. So what really signifies that? And then let's move on to as well as the transactional and ad-based. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if you look at subscription video on demand or SVOD, as it's quite commonly known, this is really positioned towards regular consumers. So this will be people that want to be able to go downstairs at a certain time of an evening, switch the television on. They're not interested in broadcast television generally. You know, in our house, we rarely put on the broadcast channels these days. We go straight on to Virgin Box uh, and we have Virgin TiVo Box and we start looking at what's available on the, you know, on the, the box office or on the, you know, stream video and demand sort of uh, consumption. So these are kind of the regular consumptions of these type of consumers of this type of, uh, of content. Uh, typically, the business model that these particular subscribers will be on will be flat rate subscription, mm-hmm. and this is you know this has been you know you've, you've been paying at the same flat rate for a number of years with a lot of these companies. You know they haven't really increased their their, their cost by massive amounts. You know so you see it's 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 quite predictable in being this particular model. A lot of their content content historically has been provided by content providers. So there's a need for revenue sharing in there because as people consume that content, then obviously they, you know these uh, content providers need to be compensated. But also increasingly, a lot of these SVOD companies have been creating their own content, right. you know, as a way to differentiate themselves, you know, and say, listen, we can, you know, we've got the money, we've got the power, we can build out something that's really good. And to be honest, Stranger Things, Narcos, all of this, all of these series, you know, which have been produced specifically for for these platforms have been a, have been a great success no, absolutely time. that's been part of the netflix success so to say the last few years yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with tons of content being uh, churned out so how about transactional transactional is more related to the i suppose the impulsive viewers you know and we all we all work in all of these modes you know don't let me say you're not one or the other generally everybody's all of these things all of these personas but essentially for transactional video on demand you're an impulsive viewer so it means that you will decide you're going to have a saturday night you're going to have a meal and you basically going to download a movie something that you haven't seen before so you'll go on to one of the transactional services and you'll literally buy a film or you will rent a film for the night or for 48 hours so this is that that sort of mode there's two modes within this business model you've got the electronic sell-through mode which is est so this is literally buying digitally and downloading and keeping the content and then you've got the download to rent model 
as well. So this is something we're familiar with. You download it and you pay two ninety nine for it and you just have it for 24 hours. So you don't own that content. Right. Generally, the content on these particular channels is quite rich um, because there's a good return. So if you are buying and owning or buying very specifically a piece of content, then the return is good and the content providers get a good return on their investments. So we tend to see some of the A-list films, you know, being part of the content libraries in, in transactional VOD. Who could be a typical player for transactional? Yeah, companies such as iTunes. So, you know, not talking about Apple TV now, talking specifically about iTunes. Mm -hmm. So you're going to go onto iTunes and buy some content or rent some content. Or you go onto Amazon and you buy or rent content from Amazon. It may be that with Amazon, you view that on the Prime platform. Right. <laughs> so there's a bit of a crossover there and they are a bit of a hybrid, as are Apple. But yeah, I mean, that's those would be your typical players. And then you mentioned ad-based. Yeah, so ad-based is more your casual browsers, I tend to, tend to term it as. So these are the people who would normally be happy to watch broadcast television, for example. But more recently, they are happy to find other means of getting the freest content they can. <laughs> you know, typically this has come from, you know, the likes of some of the broadcast companies have got their own, have got their own channels. So you've got things like All4 in the UK or ITV Player. The BBC iPlayer is a different case because that's quite uniquely funded, as people in the UK will know because we keep on being reminded. But generally, this is basically content which it, it exists because it is paid for by the advertisements. So yes, okay, it's like broadcast television on commercial channels where you will have commercial breaks but it's a similar sort of thing but for a you know for a video on demand i'm going to come back to this specifically the ad based one i have a few questions with regards to some of the plays that you mentioned but what are the challenges you see this industry as a whole is facing generally you know the biggest challenge is that they tend to um we've been over i think they got comfortable basically They've built up a subscription base and the view is this is just going to go on and on. It's great. It's a great model. You know, it's constant, perpetual. But now we've reached a point where there are so many other, other alternatives for getting that media from. And if they involve subscriptions, then people will start looking at, you know, you know, I'm paying an awful lot for all of these subscriptions that I've got. So either, either they are starting to churn to the other channels because their content is more aligned or more interesting based on their, their lifestyle and what their preferences are, or, the, uh, you know, or they're moving because they're rationalizing their, their monthly spend. You know, it's a very real state at the moment with the state of the world economies post-COVID that people are starting to rationalize you know, what they're spending on entertainment, for example. So, so subscription fatigue, fatigue is something that we've noticed the last year. Mm, absolutely. And this is one of the consequences you're talking about, the fact that we in most house, households, at least in the Western world, have tons of subscriptions. The same thing that, that we have really enjoyed, which is the simplicity of being served, in this case with content, be it Netflix or Spotify or Disney. Now it seems that people are sitting with maybe 10 plus subscriptions are not necessarily fully on top of all of their subscriptions are also not using everything and consequently not seeing the value of what they're paying for. That's a big point, I think, the value. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, you know, you mentioned Spotify briefly there. So we're not just talking about video providers here and content providers, visual content providers as such. You're talking about subscriptions to gaming, subscription to, to written media, subscription to, to music, you know, music subscriptions, and also all of the different video channels that you could. 
And like you said, I mean, the average household is, is you know, is, is you know, averaging around about six to ten, even more subscriptions per household. So um, yeah, that's a, you know, it's a big problem in terms of fatigue. Yeah. But it seems not all are cut the same because you mentioned Netflix and some of the challenges. I think for most, it hasn't gone by the fact that the company has also reported fairly challengingly. If we look at Disney, though, Disney Plus, they seem to be going another direction. Can you see what they're doing differently between these two players? Why one is having a hard time while the other player equally big, arguably not in net subscribers yet, but still. Yeah, I think I think Netflix. It's quite widely reported what their challenges have been. You know, there's been a, an investment imbalance there in terms of investing in in really good content, but at the same time, not necessarily seeing the return. One of the big problems that was reported was the fact they don't even know what per- a certain percentage of their subscribers. You know, they don't even know who they are because people are sharing accounts, etc. And it's and it's become a real issue. And I'm sure that's not only for Netflix. I'm sure everybody's experiencing very similar thing. I mean, they put security things in place to make sure you can't reuse a subscription on so many devices etc but yeah i mean there's always people will always find a fraudulent way to get around these things if it means they haven't got to spend more money yeah but this is interesting because with netflix one third of their uh, subscribers they are expecting not paying and they sit around 200 million subscribers which means Mm. that that's a pretty large portion of of users that are not paying and it's interesting because when you said that We've uh, really enjoyed this kind of service, which has been why these kind of businesses have grown so positively over the last decade. Part of it has been that people have shared their accounts, Mm -hmm. to be very frank. Mm -hmm. But now the same, let's say, ability is turning out to be a huge problem. What do you see specifically that, are you seeing anything that Netflix is doing that is about to change that? Um, Yeah, I think, you know, again, it's been reported what they're doing quite controversially, you know, um, to the purest users of of streaming video on demand. They're actually shifting towards an ad-based tier. Now, you know, it's it's a it's a split. It really is a split, and you know, I've seen a number of surveys online posted onto LinkedIn as to what people think of this. Should they shouldn't they be doing this? And it, and it literally is a fifty fifty. Oh, I don't mind watching ads if it means I get a cheap subscription. That's one side of the argument. But then you got the other side of the argument. If I wanted ads, I'd be watching broadcast television. So you know, this is this is the balance you've got. It's a case of their unique differentiation as a streaming video on demand or a subscribed video on demand platform, is that you can watch our content without the ads. I know that's absolutely my reason for for preferring that over a lot of the commercial television and commercial radio. <laughs> Just to add that in, because I get fed up of uh, the listening to the advertisements all the time. So I think this is, you know, this is the direction that they've gone. And interestingly, it's not Netflix, or they aren't the only ones who've decided to add the the ad based tier. There are other major providers yeah, as well. Disney, Disney has announced as well that they're yeah, going to yeah. introduce ad based. I think the fact that they need to introduce different modalities is is something of a necessity. But I agree with you. I think that if we, I'm not sure. I'm not at least convinced that this is the path to keep customers happy. Mm. But time will tell. So if we Look at the main challenge that you mentioned, which is churn. In light of that, we spoke about subscription fatigue and the fact that we have just too many. Churn can be for many reasons, but one could just be the fact that we just have too many similar type of services and we just don't want anymore. Whether that's because of economic reasons or value for money, maybe a combination of all. 
So how do you solve for this, Steve? So, you know, let me um, let me uh, put you in a, in a picture. Let me paint a picture here. So I'm the CEO of a company called Cultflix, okay? So Cultflix is a very specialised company. You know, they focus on niche content, so very specifically bad movies. So the, uh, the type of movies that you don't really want to sit down and watch if you go to the cinema. You know, they specialise in pulling in these weird titles like, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the Frog That Ate Mars and these type of titles, you know, that, that, you, that you regularly see. However, you know, they do have a cult following. So, you know, the customer base of, of Cultflix really are people that want to watch these on a regular basis. They have watch parties and then they share their experiences on social media. And it's a bit of a community that, that they've got. So they're very unique in what, in what they offer. But they do have a loyal, a loyal customer base. Their strategy, you know, or our strategy in Cultflix is we want to be the leader in alternative streaming. So we want to set ourselves a blue ocean away from what the, the Netflix is and everybody does with traditional content by create becoming a leader in this alternative stream to create you know for this for this type of market and then in doing so obviously we want to grow our content providers so we want to move away from just having suppliers of content from the US to having suppliers of content from other continents you know from Japan and, and South Korea etc and, and somewhere in Europe and also longer term we're looking at diversification of the portfolio so you know we're looking at moving away from just only movies to having a library of gaming pretty similar to what Netflix are doing etc by adding the gaming portfolio but the type of games that we will have again will have the same appeal to the same audience that we have with the the alternative audience as such so that's that's us as a as a company so you know and this but the uh, the problem is the sort of challenges that we're facing right you know is at the moment we've got our our customer base and uh, our revenue growth has stalled you know, we've got, you know, we've got a, you know, a regular customer base. That's fine. And we're, re, you know, we're receiving regular incomes, but there's no growth there. You know, there's no, you know, increase in followers or subscribers. And the worry is that, you know, eventually our customers will be victims of subscription fatigue, as we've mentioned earlier. You know, so there is that, there is that churn threat. And to be honest, our competition comes from the mainstream stream video, uh, subscribing video on demand providers who have got, Similar libraries to us in terms of they do host certain content, which is alternative or a bit cult, but it's not as extensive as our library. So there is the worry there that that could be the churn risk. The other thing with our subscriber base, now the one thing is, you know, in our DNA, we pride ourselves on the fact that, you know, it's uninterrupted viewing you know, of our, of our content. So providing ad-based content is not an option for us because we would lose more customers just by adding ads into our content. They come to us for a very specific reason. The other thing that we, you know, we need to do is, you know, we, we realise that we need to optimise pay-as-you-view with our content and pay-as-you-binge because people that watch our content, they don't watch it every single day of the week like you would, let's say, you know, the mainstream video providers. You know, they come on Saturdays, it may be one Saturday a month, it may be every Saturday and a Sunday twice a week. You don't know that sort of, you know, viewing patterns. But we need something that's simple and cost effective to attract these audiences to, to view our content in that particular way. We also need to make sure that our existing subscriber base, who are very loyal, we need to give them something more. Because they're not buying any more from us. But if they're, if they're loyal, then if we give them something more, they're likely to buy it. Right. So we need to make sure that we can refine what we offer and make, you know, but make a better job of the, of the things we're providing already. And then finally, you know, the big challenge that we've got is as we move towards our strategic vision 
of growing our content providers and growing the type of content that we actually serve, it's absolutely essential that we perfect our partner settlement process because there's nothing worse than having more and more content providers and then having, you know, days of, of conflict and resolution that's that's required because payments haven't been made and, you know, compensations, etc. So that's something we definitely need to make sure is, is top notch before we move forward with the strategy. So in summary, in terms of, you know, what, what do we need as a company, as Cultflix? We need a better understanding of our users. We need to secure our revenues, you know, accurately secure our revenues. We need to improve our customer experiences and we've got to improve our partner settlements. So how does the project execution look like if you kind of manage all of that? The way that I would like to see this tackled as the mm-hmm. CEO, there are four main things really that I, I need my solution provider to do for me. The first one is an understanding of customers. You know, help me understand my customers better. I need a granular understanding of the way and the type of, of content that's being consumed and when it's being consumed so that I can then use that in my business processes first and foremost. The second one is, you know, focus on how I can create a light model or a light business model for the low-hanging fruit, basically. How can I attract people to join our platform in a very easy way? So it could be freemium, it could be freemium plus. And, you know, by that I refer to, you can get access to a certain amount of content right? and for free. And all we need from you is your contact details. So obviously you need to be able to gather data. And, the, you know, for us, the business objective behind that one would be to, you know, convert those that, you know, those light subscribers into being full paying premium subscribers over time. I think that's absolutely important as we try and replace any potential churners you know, for the next generation to keep our model moving. And I think the third thing that you, that needs to be solved here is, you know, we introduce a new tier. So within our premium subscribe for our premium subscribers, we need to offer something extra. We need to give them the opportunity to watch as watch the specific content that they want, have tailored content provided towards them, and make sure that the quality of the content they're viewing is top notch. Because if you're paying a premium subscription, you're expecting a premium service. And then finally, then. And like I said, the partner settlement side, you know, we need a granular assignment of settlement revenues with our partners so that we're fully prepared for the growth of our library and our, you know, and our, our partnership and content providers. So what do you need to get this done? Because that's a whole lot that you want to get done. And, and also maybe you want to add something into the time frame when we speak about project execution. What's your time frame that you want to operate in? I think really, you know, as soon as possible, like every project, you know, at every every CEO will say that, yeah, I need this change. I need it now. Right. We need to start seeing the benefits from this. I think a realistic time frame is something within six months, definitely. But anything that a solution provider can do for me within a three-month period would be absolutely marvellous. So what's prevented you for addressing these areas so far? Mm. I think, you know, it's been highlighted to us, you know, the challenge that we've got is a lot of our data integration that we're using in-house has been in-house created. So we've built basic integrations between various content systems and application systems that we've got, which are feeding more or less directly into our revenue systems, which means that there is no necessarily rich data. It's really just on-off sort of data that's going in there, which doesn't give us a great deal of scope into terms of innovation. So we're looking for something, a solution which is going to allow us to collect 
you know, more, more granular information, of course, but then enrich that data with more knowledge about those particular subscribers, you know, you know, know more about those subscribers so that we can offer them more, basically. So that's really what we're looking for. And of course, we need to consider scale. You know, our solution is going to scale beyond where it currently is because we're going to add more content and more reach. We also need to make sure that we can handle complexity. Because if we're going to have subscribers, we're going to have new business models, we're going to have new tiers, we're going to have subscribers watching as they view, etc. It's important that we understand the granularity that's going on, which is a complex environment. And then, of course, it goes it goes without saying that, you know, the solution needs to provide us with ultimate accuracy, not only for the partner settlements, but also to make sure that we, you know, we don't suffer from any revenue leakage. We need to understand that we are getting paid for exactly what's being used. And that requires this, like I've said, this granular detail that, that, that we need on the data. So going back to the time frame, what kind of benefits do you expect, let's say, within the next six months? Acting as the CEO of, of Cultflix, you know, my main concern is to avoid churn, you know, as it is with other providers in this particular industry. And in doing so, I know I need to get a handle on usage data. You know, that is the key to our success, ultimately. I expect to get a move on this by moving away from, like I said, by moving away from our in-house integrations to a, to a solution that can properly handle, you know, the demands of the future with our particular uh, offering. And in the next six months, you know, I, you know, I expect that we will be able to offer different subscription models and tiers to new and existing customers. I expect to get a deep understanding of content usage, which allows us to provide the ideal user experience to our customers, again, to avoid churn. And then, of course, the big one, you know, not necessarily churn, churn preventative, but certainly to remove the potential for conflicts, we need to make sure that we are accurate and proficient in the way that we handle our partner settlements. Fantastic. Fantastic.